Do you consider yourself generous? Do you feel secure enough in what God has provided to you that you can give away? This is Saturday, May 6th. And as we think about living out grace, we also consider the grace of giving. As a pastor, I hear more than I care to hear the complaint that all the church is interested in is our money. Now, sadly, this may be true of some churches, but this is not why followers of Jesus began to give in the beginning. Here's our scripture text for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 11. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And the backstory of this part of the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth is that there had been a famine in Palestine. Poor weather meant poor crops, and ultimately desperation for many people. Jerusalem and the communities that had churches were hard hit. In other parts of the Roman Empire, the economy was rolling along pretty well. Now, Paul knew the hurting believers there personally, and as he traveled the empire, he let the churches, other churches, know about the conditions and the needs. And here's what he discovered in the process. First, the believers elsewhere wanted to give. They felt a bond with, their, with other followers of Jesus because these were dear brothers and sisters in Christ that were struggling. And they had the ability to help. I remember hearing a story after 9-11 about a church in Africa with few resources that sold the cow owned by the congregation in order to send money to sister churches in New York City. This was an immense sacrifice for them, yet the money for the cow seemed like such a small amount to be able to give. Here were the poor sharing resources with the rich. And why did they do this? They'd experienced the love of God themselves, and though they had little, they were secure in Christ. You see, giving comes from living out grace. In the gospel, for the first time in our lives, we may feel a security knowing that God cares for us and he will provide for us. And that's what we learn. We think we've made our lives work. We've taken care of ourselves and provided for ourselves. But when we think a little more deeply, we realize that that's only part of the picture. Who do you think has provided you with your life? with the ability to work, with your intelligence and opportunity. You see, it's all a gift of God. The gospel shifts our perspective. 
Before, we thought we were self-made. Now we know that's not true. But second, the gospel enables us to see our resources in a new light. We see the danger of making an idol of our money and letting it rule in our lives. The gospel ends that bondage to money, giving us a greater joy and peace in God than we could ever find in our resources. There's a real freedom we experience, a freedom to give. The shocking thing that Paul relates in this letter, that it's among some of the poorest believers that the greatest generosity took place. And he didn't ask them to give. They asked if they could help their struggling brothers and sisters. So Paul organized a collection and had the gifts transported back to Palestine. They were living out grace. Now the text we read includes Paul's teaching about this. He doesn't say that the giving is required of us. That isn't why God loves us or how we gain God's favor. His love comes freely to us in Christ. Instead, he says, you must look at your heart and make the decision from there. Know that God can and does make grace abound to you. This is the way grace flows. The more we give, the more our hands are open to receive from God. And yes, I know this text has been misused to press people to give more so that God will give them more. But that's not what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about leveraging God to get more for ourselves. He is explaining the flow of grace and how God supplies us with what we need. He wants us to know the generosity of God and the goodness of God. It says we come to rest in Christ and enjoy what God has given to us. We also come to enjoy giving. I've come to see giving as a sign that we've gotten the gospel. We ourselves have really received grace. I remember when I was a student on what the Australians call walkabout. I finished my semester in Scotland and after exams decided to wander around Europe and just see how far I could go. With a friend, I got as far as Egypt, having passed through Europe and Greece and finally from Israel to Egypt. I remember the bus ride from Tel Aviv to Cairo, Egypt. It passed through some of the most desolate land I've ever seen. Nothing of significance seemed to grow in that part of the desert. But there was a remarkable transition. Arriving in Cairo along the Nile River, right alongside the desert, everything was green. Crops were growing. That one massive tributary became the source of the life for millions of people. You see, this is the way grace is meant to work in our lives. The love of God becomes the engine for a completely new life of freedom, of serving, of serving others, and also of giving. This is what it means to live out grace. Let's pray. Father, your love never runs out, never runs out. Use me as a conduit for your loving kindness. Remind me that your kingdom is alive in me, in each of us, that, that we that belong to Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>